so glad you decided to listen to our program today. Our intent is to inform you and to encourage you. This is Are You Listening? with Jeff Archie of International Gospel Hour. In a busy world with lots of distractions, we need to pay closer attention to God. Are you listening to God's Word today? Here's Jeff. Thank you, Brother Jay, and greetings to everyone. The prophet Isaiah said in Isaiah 40 in verse 3, The voice of one crying in the wilderness, Prepare the way of the Lord, make straight in the desert a highway for our God. The beauty of prophecy is seeing its fulfillment, and according to Matthew 3, 1 through 3, we see this is John the Baptist. What a wonderful study of the life and purpose of John the Baptist. Let us consider the baptism of John in just a moment for our daily study. On occasion, we share well-written biblical articles written by those who strive to be exact in their walk as Christians, articles that are well-written, thought-provoking, and helpful in study of the Word of God. We have some good writing ahead in a moment that we'd like for you to consider, and it's concerning our study of John the Baptist. But first, our J-Web has some reading and studying material you may be interested in. Jay? Leadership in any area of life is important, and it is especially true with God and His Church. The International Gospel Hour offers absolutely free a study titled Developing Leadership. It is comprised of one booklet, 13 lessons, and again, it is free. Please call toll-free at 1-855-IGH-6988 and leave your name, address, and just say, Leadership. That's it. Again, call toll-free at 1-855-IGH-6988, and please leave your name, address, and just say, Leadership. You may also go to our website at internationalgospelhour.com, click on the Contact tab, and leave us the same information. Name, address, and type, Leadership. We'll send it right away. We trust this study of leadership will be of help to you. Now... Let's go back to Jeff. We welcome as our guest writer, Roger Campbell, from Chattanooga, Tennessee. Brother Campbell is the editor of Truth, a monthly publication of four articles that he makes available by email. From the month of April 2020, let us listen to the following. Mark 11.30, The Baptism of John. There was a man sent from God whose name was John, John 1, verse 6. That statement does not refer to John the Apostle, but rather John the Baptizer, a man who played a key role in God's plan of redemption. One part of John's activities was something that the Bible calls the baptism of John. We read those exact words in Matthew 21, 25, Mark 11, verse 30, Luke 7, 29, Luke 20, 4, Acts 1.22, and Acts 18.25. The baptism of John would be the same thing as John's baptism, a term found in Acts 19, verse 3. John's baptism. It was not part of the law of Moses. The first time we read about this baptism is in Matthew chapter 3, where we learn that people, that is, Jews, from Jerusalem, All Judea and the region around the Jordan went to John to be baptized in the Jordan River, Matthew 3, 5, and 6. 
It is interesting that when a new apostle was going to be chosen to replace Judas Iscariot, part of the criteria was that he must be someone who had been involved in the Lord's activities from the baptism of John, Acts 1.22. John's baptism. There was divine authority behind it. When Jesus was asked about who granted him the authority to do what he was doing in the temple area, he responded by asking a question. The baptism of John. Was it from heaven or from men? Mark 11.30. The unspoken answer was, from heaven, meaning it was endorsed by God. John was a man sent from God, John 1, verse 6, and as a prophet of God, Luke 7, 24 and 26, his message came from God. So did his baptism. John's baptism. Those who refused to accept it were rejecting God's plan. The Bible says in Luke 7, 29 and 30, even the tax collectors justified God having been baptized with the baptism of John, but the Pharisees and lawyers rejected the will of God for themselves, not having been baptized by Him. The bottom line, a Jew who had access to John's teaching about baptism and failed to submit to it was rejecting God's will and could not please Him. John's baptism. It involved believing in faith. The Apostle Paul declared, John indeed baptized with a baptism of repentance, saying to the people that they should believe on Him who would come after Him, that is, on Christ Jesus, Acts 19.4. At one point in his ministry, John spoke about one who was coming that was mightier than him, Mark 1, verse 7. In a later phase of his preaching, John identified Jesus as the Lamb of God who takes away sin. John's baptism required faith, faith in the Christ who was to come. Baptism of the Great Commission also involves believing, Mark 16.16, but it is faith in the fact that Jesus already died for our sins and already rose from the dead, 1 Corinthians 15.1-4. Brother Campbell continues, John's Baptism. It involved a confession. Those who received John's baptism confessed their sins, Mark 1.5. In contrast to that, those who receive Great Commission baptism confess their faith in Jesus, as the eunuch from Africa did, Acts 8, 35-37, and Romans 10, 9 and 10. John's baptism. It required repentance. As we noted, John indeed baptized with a baptism of repentance, Acts 19, 4. Repentance also is mandatory for those who want to receive Great Commission baptism, Acts 2, verse 38. John's baptism. It had a purpose. In Mark 1, verse 4, John came baptizing in the wilderness and preaching a baptism of repentance for the remission of sins. It was not just a baptism. It was not just a baptism of repentance. It was a baptism of repentance for the remission of sins. Now what gave us that idea? It is a direct quote from the Bible, so I plan to believe it. John's baptism. John immersed Jesus, Mark 1, verse 9. But our Lord did not receive the baptism of John for the remission of sins. What is called John's baptism was for people who needed to repent of their sins. Those folks confessed their sins. Sinless Jesus had no sins to confess or forsake. Again, John's baptism was for the remission of sins, Luke 3, verse 3. The Christ was not subject to such a baptism. He was baptized to fulfill all righteousness, Matthew 3.15. John's Baptism
It was not a permanent arrangement. The baptism of the Great Commission is into the name of the Father, Son, and Spirit, Matthew 28:19, and it is in force until the end of the world or age. Neither of those things is said about the baptism of John. Baptism under the new covenant is into the Christ and his death, Romans 6, verse 3. That is never said about John's baptism. About 25 years after John and Jesus died, a man by the name of Apollos was preaching John's baptism as if it were still valid. Aquila and Priscilla, in Acts 18.26, explained to him the way of God more accurately. Apollos was preaching an outdated baptism. John's baptism evidently was not in force after the day of Pentecost, Acts 2. Brother Campbell concludes this wonderful, biblically-based article by saying, John's baptism was part of his God-given mission to prepare the way for the Christ. Our salvation is not through John and his baptism, but via Jesus and our obedience to him, Hebrews 5 and verse 9. Dear friends, we appreciate such a good article by our friend Roger Campbell, and let's think about his last statement. Our salvation is not through John and his baptism, but via Jesus and our obedience to him. Again, that's Hebrews 5 and verse 9. Would you like to study more about obedience in Christ? Listen to our J. Webb and our free Bible study by mail. J. Kind listeners, the International Gospel Hour offers absolutely free a Bible study course by mail so you may study in the privacy of your own home. Please call toll-free at 1-855-IGH-6988 and leave your name, address, and just say, I want the home study. That's it. Again, call toll-free at 1-855-IGH-6988 and please leave your name, address, and just say, I want the home study. You may also go to our website at internationalgospelhour.com. Click on the Contact tab and leave us the same information, name, address, and type, Please Send the Home Study. We'll send it as soon as possible. Thanks always for your interest in the things of God. And now, back to Jeff. And now let's consider from Jacob Campbell, who happens to be the son of Roger Campbell. One time Jacob penned a wonderful article titled, Why Study the Bible? And he mentions in this article 20 simple reasons to study the Bible. Let's consider just a few in the time allotted us. Number one, God commanded us to study the Bible. In John 5 and verse 39, we are taught to search the Scriptures. As Jesus said, For in them ye think ye have eternal life, and they are they that testify of me. And Ephesians 5 and verse 17, we are taught to redeem the time, to make the best use of our time, and to take that time to study the Bible that we may know God's commands for our lives. Secondly, the Bible is the inspired Word of God. We note this from 2 Timothy 3 and verse 16, that all Scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness. We are also affirmed in 2 Peter 1, 20 and 21 that man did not write by his own personal interpretation, but how the Holy Spirit moved those holy men of God. We see the affirmation of God's Word in teaching and preaching and declaration 
in 2 Samuel 23, verse 2, as well as 1 Thessalonians 2, verse 13. These are but only two reasons why we study the Bible, and we'll consider this article further at another time. Thanks for joining me today on this special broadcast of the International Gospel Hour. We hope it has prompted your study in God's Word. I'm Jeff Archie. Thanks for joining me, and see you next time. And dear friends, please keep listening. Thank you for listening to our broadcast today. We hope, first, that it glorified God. But second, we hope that it edified you. Listen to it again if you need to, or to other lessons in this series by going to the Media tab at our site, internationalgospelhour.com. Oh.